Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 189 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. I am joined on this early Sunday morning by my good friend, Ray Vargas. How you doing, Ray? I'm doing good, Joe. How's it going? Pretty good. I feel like both of us are a little like excited to talk about this, but also very, very tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got a long day ahead of me, so we're doing this a little bit earlier than, than usual. Yes, yes. So how you been? What you been up to? Um, Geez, you know, I've been geeking out on art lately. <laughs> uh, that's basically it. I uh, Not that there isn't plenty of geeky stuff to, to you know, focus on, but... Um, yeah, I'm just the semester is going really well for me. And um, this assignment, this current painting that I'm working on is just really exciting for me. So, you know, one of those, it's one of those projects, Joe, where it's like, when you're not working on it, it's distracting your brain. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's just like calling you from the corner of the room or wherever it is, your desk or whatever going, Hey, you want to work on me? Yeah, that, that was, that was, uh, is for me last year. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, totally. that's a big project too. Yeah. Totally understand that where it's like every waking moment, if you're not forced to focus on something, your brain drifts to that. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, first, you know, I'm, I'm on a, a pace to make about four new paintings this semester, just cause that's kind of what the class I'm in calls for. And, um, the class, by the way, it's called the filtered photo. And the way the semester goes is it's divided into four sections and each section is taught by a different artist. Oh, and that's cool. yeah. So the idea there is that you get four different perspectives on how these artists approach their work. So, you know, as a, as a training artist, you kind of get an idea of like, okay, this is how this person does it. This is how this person does it. And you get to, you try it out, you try out their approach and then you get to keep or discard whatever works or doesn't work for you. So I did that last semester with the filtered figure, uh, basically learning how four different artists approach their figures and their paintings. Mm -hmm. This semester, the filtered photo is about how four different painters, because we're, you know, I am in a painting program, how they use photography to, to, you know, uh, uh, to make their work. That's awesome. So some artists, you know, may take a jumble of photos and just pick at random you know, a couple of photos and then try to figure out a way to use them. Um, some artists may come up with an idea and then pose their friends or family and take photos of them and then use that for, you know, realistic information. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what I'm doing this semester. And the first section didn't really appeal to me that much. I mean, I, I did it obviously. And you, you, you know, you, you want your students to buy in, right? Mm -hmm. even if ultimately it's something they're not into whatever it's like, that's fine. As long as you give it a chance right. and then, you know, cause you're not going to get the most that you could get out of it if you don't give it a chance. So I, I dove into the first assignment, didn't really enjoy it that much. And I thought, Oh no, the semester might be a slog. You know, that, yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. Just, that just happens sometimes. Right. Uh, -huh. uh, but no, with this second painting, I'm really excited about what I'm working on now. Have, have, Thankfully, had a bunch of time to work on it so far this weekend. 
Um, so hopefully I'll, I'll dig back in tonight. So that's really, I mean, when I paint and when I'm in a groove like that, I'll put on a painting podcast to listen to at the same time. I'll put on artist talks to, to watch in the morning. I'll, uh, put on a slideshow of artwork that inspires me to, to play on my, on my TV while, while I paint. So I'm, I'm kind of been in that zone lately. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's funny. I'm going to be very judgmental right now. Um, <laughs> I, I don't understand. There's people who just like, I have met people who just don't care about learning. Like, like it's just not something that they get excited about, like having to, mm. to discover new stuff like that. And I just don't understand. Like, I feel like there's like just listening to you talk about it. I'm like, I want to take a painting class. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, you should. <laughs> yeah, I, should. I just it's funny because I just don't, I just don't get the the resistance to watch it, to 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 learning new stuff. And I, I always yeah. love listening to people talk about like classes they're in or podcasts they listen to that they learn something from. And right, right, yeah, I just think that's so awesome. I mean, listening to you talk about Shakespeare a couple podcasts ago, I was like, shit, I want to sit in one of your Shakespeare talks. <laughs> I, I love teaching amazing. Shakespeare. I like it's one of those things where it's because everybody knows what it is. Everybody's been introduced to it, but most people, and this is being a former, and I can't say this, being a former English teacher, uh, I understand English teacher's approach to Shakespeare, but everybody has had an English teacher ruin Shakespeare for them. And it's really <laughs> unfortunate because if you look at Shakespeare from a performance view, as opposed to from a literary view, it is a completely different creature. Yeah. You know, I would even go so far as to say a lot of people have had learning ruined for them. And I, and I wouldn't yeah. put that on teachers necessarily, but just, you know, Sometimes it's, it is the teacher. Sometimes it's the school system. Sometimes it's, you know, the, the, the nature of academia. I think there are a lot of people out there that just, when they think of learning, they don't think of fun. No. You know, they think of pain or they think of some kind of traumatic experience or something. And so, I mean, I bet that those people that you're talking about that, you know, do, and I know some of those people that kind of have an, an, an adverse reaction to the thought of like learning something new and being challenged. I'm sure they're probably finding ways to do that in their life, little ways, but they just mm -hmm, don't mm -hmm. see it that way. You know, right. like, oh, right. that's not learning. I'm just researching what I like about this show. And it's like, well, guess what? You're learning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. You know, find a teacher you love and you're going to, you trust me, it's going to be great. Yeah. Not to go on a political side note, but I, that was, that's my biggest dis disappointment about the, one of my biggest disappointments about this whole last year in, cause we are, we are very qu quickly, um, wow. reaching a year uh, of, of quarantine. Um, my biggest disappointment in all of this is that we didn't do something different with education. Like instead of saying, okay, let's take, we know this is going to be a wash. Let's be realistic. If we're going to be here for any length of time, the kids are not going to get the education that they right. would normally get. Right. Maybe that's not a bad thing, but we take an opportunity to just say, you know, this is a, this is a play year. Let's see what we can do with education. Let's get away from the A to F mm -hmm. grading system and see what, what else is out there. Like we have, mm -hmm. we have a full year of blank slate to just play with and nothing. All we did was like, how do we, how do we bandaid what we always do? Right. Right. Because you can't really blame the teachers for, trying to mold this to the the expectations they're already sort of confined to right 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 but but if you're willing to sort of 
you know, cut them free and let them loose. I mean, teachers are great. Teachers will adapt and teachers will find a way to bring learning into their interactions with students. Right. Right. But unfortunately, you know, that's not that the teachers aren't really allowed to do that in many cases. So, yeah, I mean, if, if we had had the foresight to go, this country sucks. We're not getting out of this anytime soon. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's really let the teachers do what they're best at. You know, it could have been a very different experience. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my, that's my little political rant for the day. Cause, cause it was very disappointing for me, but you know, hopefully when we come out of this, there will be some people that will start the process of moving away from, like, I, I truly believe we need to move away from the current education system and reinvent it and, and yeah. change it because it's just not, it's not working for most people at this point. Same, same. Yeah. Um, well, so that's, that's my geeky spiel. Honestly, I've, I've sort of, you know, WandaVision was a, was a big, circle on my calendar for this week and we're going to talk about that and besides mm -hmm. that i've just been in painting land what have, what have you been into that's awesome i have been in rpg land <laughs> <laughs> i have been um, everybody knows that i've been editing for the last several months now um our as the dice roll podcasts and uh just recently started um game mastering my own campaign on there which will be coming out in april and uh, I'm, I'm always looking for different things to do with that because I feel like there's so many different types of RPGs out there and I kind of want to dive in and see what options there are and what kind of content we can add. And, and mm -hmm. I, I did not realize that there's an entire culture of people out there who play these big like Dungeons and Dragons RPGs by themselves. How, how does that work? Um, there are things called um, oracles, or um, sometimes they're called emulators, but they're basically like randomizations and and charts that will give you like prompts to decide what is going to happen. So you instead have to of what what does that take the place of? The, the GM, the person who's usually running and creating the, the story. Yeah. The, like, you've got an idea of what kind of story you want to tell, but then you go, okay, is there a monster behind this door? And then you roll the dice, and it says, yes, there's a monster behind this door, or no, there's a monster behind this door. So if there's no monster behind that door, then what type of, mon uh, you know, then what is behind that door? And if there is a monster behind that door. What kind of monster is it? So it's this kind of cross between choose your own adventure. And right. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting what people do with it. <laughs> so, so then the suggestion that there might be a monster behind the door, which usually would be made by the, the, what, the, the game master mm -hmm. is instead being made by the, the player, but it's ultimately being decided by this algorithm that would be the, the game master. Yeah, it's kind so, so of it's, it adds that it adds that element of randomness that right. that you know so that so that you can have kind of a story you want to tell, mm -hmm. but you can still discover it because it's not set in stone and it's it's got that kind of discovery aspect to it. <laughs> and this is not how these games were originally set up to be played, right? No, not at all, not at all. And it's <laughs> now there are a lot of I'm I've. In because because again that whole learning thing I've been on this huge like rabbit hole of games that were specifically designed to play 
by yourself. So like <laughs> there's journaling games and there's one that I want to try with Matt because you can do it with one or two players where you basically are journaling your voyage through space and discovering different planets. Mm-hmm. And so you just, it's that same kind of thing. You're randomly generating, you know, what's on the planet and, you know, if it's a hostile planet or if it's a, you know, if there's weather things you have to worry about. And so you go through and you kind of write about your journey through, you know, dis- discovering foreign worlds. And so it's like, there's so many different things out there. I'm like, all right, we need to start. I'm going to diversify my, my role-playing, uh, um, I don't know, collection, I guess my, my role playing uh, aesthetic. I don't know, whatever the word is, the group of things <laughs> that I look at when I'm, I'm looking at role playing games. Mm-hmm. Um, if somebody wants an example of this, I'm only two or three episodes in, but there is a solo um, RPG uh, YouTube video series um, by a voice actor named um, Trevor Devell, and it's called Me, Myself, and Die, like rolling a dice. Um, and and it's pretty good. Like I was at first, I was like, okay, he's really intense because he's like a voice actor, and anybody who knows voice actors know that they do like all their voices all the time. Um, <laughs> and so it's a little intense because he's just like a little. He's got a little bit of that franticness, and there's just voices everywhere. <laughs> but it's fascinating because within that first story, I was like hooked. I'm like, I want to know what happens to this character. And he, you're watching him as he develops this story right there. It's Ray. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Like it's fascinating. I'm like compelled to like a character is wounded and you're like, Oh God, I hope it doesn't die. And it's just this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Just this guy. Wow. So I highly recommend if this is just intriguing to anybody, me, myself and die by Trevor Devell. Um, I highly recommend. I mean, yeah, if you're gonna, if you're gonna watch or follow someone playing one of these games alone, it, it definitely a voice actor is the way to go. <laughs> well, and it's so, it's like, like it, it really, like from an entertainer's point of view, it really is brilliant because he has basically yeah. like three or four cameras. And so when he has a conversation, one character looks at one camera and the other character looks at the other camera. So when he goes oh. back and edits it together, it looks like it's cutting back and forth between two characters. Wow. Like it's, it's kind of insane. Like how he came up with this, I am, I am impressed. Like yeah. it is really, really intriguing and and something that I highly recommend. If this is the your kind of like, if you want to, you want to see a guy running through a fantasy forest with bows and arrows. Like this is your this is your video series. You know that makes me that just makes me think of um, how many amazing filmmakers are out there. When you look at like TikTok. And before that, Vine. Mm-hmm. And you you see the editing skills on display by people that really have not had any formal filmmaking training. They're just, you know, going based off of their intuition from, you know, being exposed to media their entire lives and sort of understanding it or, you know, building an understanding and then just doing it, like teaching themselves, like what shots work best one after another 
some of the editing on display is brilliant where people are making whole ass films in like <laughs> 15 second increments. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then there's, there's the, like, it's kind of insane to watch. I don't know if you've watched any transition TikToks. Yeah. Absolutely. Those are, those are crazy. It's like, yeah. <laughs> how, how, how does that even, how does that even work? Yeah. The creativity. What Once you give the tools to people, the technology, once the technology is accessible to everyone to, to be creative and to make things, it's amazing what you would, what you see being made where otherwise we would never, you know, these people would never have a chance to, to make these things or to dabble in this area. And, you know, we would miss out on these cool, all these skills on display. I feel like. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, so that's what I've been doing. I've bought way too many RPG supplement books, way too many in the last, like I, I need to like block drive through RPG, which is this <laughs> site that you can buy all these stuff from. You can buy them as PDFs. And like, I just need to like block it for a couple months because it's like, Oh, that sounds interesting. Bye. Oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> Bye. So I need to stop <laughs> before we dive into the commercial break and then get into Wanda vision. Um, did you get a look at the, the final reveal of uh dark side from DC the other day, a couple of days ago? No, I didn't like, is like, it on there somewhere? Do I need oh, to yeah. pick it up? It's it's I can, I can send it to you. It's in all his full HD glory. Um, and it, I mean, it looks, it looks pretty cool. I think I dropped it into, um, yeah, I can tell like I'm not finding words. <laughs> they have not woken up yet. <laughs> Same. Yeah. Same. I'm like, you know, normally I can multitask. I can be talking to you while I'm doing this thing. And right now I'm like, uh, was yes. So mm. <laughs> here it is. I'm sending it to you now. But um, it's just funny to me because, you know, it's dark side. C- cool. <laughs> like. <laughs> It's okay. It's a take on dark side. I mean, if you know the comics, if you've watched the animated series, you know, you more or less know what dark side looks like. Every, every artist is going to have put their spin on their, on the characters they get to draw to whatever degree they're allowed to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And so this is, you know, this is Snyder drawing dark side. Cool. Okay. Let's, let's see, you know, let's, the movie's coming out soon. Right. Right. Let's see what, what it's like. And already you've got comment comments saying 10 times more badass than Thanos. And it's like, <laughs> well, what are you doing? Like, why, <laughs> why would you even set yourself up for that comparison? Like, don't you know you're going to probably lose that, that like fail that test? <laughs> like, I just, just, just let it be what it's going to be, you know? You know, you know why they're doing it. Because because DC has not had a I, like flip yeah. flip the, the flip the script. If all the DC movies were amazing and all of our Marvel movies were just awful, mm. we would be grasping on anything. Well, I would be because I'm I'm I can be petty. Um, <laughs> I would be grasping on anything that made Marvel look better. Right. And trying to compare to see, 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 we're not, we're, because, you know, they're, they're speaking from a place of disappointment. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. They would never admit that. No, um, they would never admit that. But, you know, I, I guess for me, it's just like, let it, 
I think that doesn't even give it a chance. It's if you love this thing, let it be whatever it's going to be. There's no need to hold it up to some other kind of standard or, you know, like there's, it's unfair to, God, I can't believe I'm going to say this. It's unfair to Snyder and to (laughs) dark, dark side here. It's unfair to dark side here as a character that we haven't, we haven't seen his story yet to already be compared to Thanos who has had so many movies and this whole epic storyline, you know, this, this character that has been developed over multiple films. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just unfair to Dark's poor, poor Dark side. He's, you know, let, give him a chance. Let him do his thing. Let us get to know him. No yeah. need to no need to say, "Hey, you know, Thanos, this is better." No, because it's not right now. <laughs> and and it shouldn't have to be right now. No. Um, it looks cool. And, you know, someone else had a comment in response that said, "Unless there's unless the character development isn't there, it doesn't matter how badass you are." Right. Yeah. And if I, there's no character I, development, then it's like there's no point to the character. Like like yeah. it it doesn't matter how badass it looks, if there's no story to prop it up, but then it's just a really cool picture. Right. And um you know, I'm excited to see what is going to happen. I am I'm really <laughs> I'm really really curious about this massive four-part Justice League we're about to get. I really want to see how far they go because I mean, I'm just thinking about the, the bonkers approach they took to Aquaman. Yeah. And and while, you know, that movie has its good bits and bad bits, it's to me, it's just, it's an enjoyable ride. And honestly, that's what I'm hoping for this. That's really what I'm I'm just, I just, there's going to be bad bits. I get that. You know, I'm hoping there's some good bits to balance it out, but really, I just want an enjoyable ride. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see the storytelling involved. Like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, you you've said that this is your vision, Schneider. So let's let's see what you're gonna do with it. Like, if you're if if this is truly you unfettered, mm-hmm. <laughs> by all means, let's let's see if you can actually tell the epic story that we were all hoping for. Yeah, and just to close this out on another dark side note, I really, 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 really hope we get to see his Omega, his Omega beams. I can't wait. That's going to be so cool. We got to get that. It's dark side. We got to get his Omega blasts coming out of his eyes at some point at odd angles. That's going to be really cool. <laughs> so there you go, dark side. I'm on, I'm on your side, man. Come on, let's let's show show us something. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, one of the things you said is let it be what it's going to be. And I, I think this is something that I want to carry into our discussion of WandaVision when, when we come back. So yeah. we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we are going to geek the hell out of WandaVision. We'll be right back. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the Geek2Geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games! Star Wars! Comics! Movies, K-pop, Disney Plus, Keanu, Keanu Reeves, New, or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. 
Yep, and each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu. We're back, and we've finished WandaVision! <laughs> um, now, Ray proposed that we, we handle this like we would handle a Marvel movie, which means that usually we start with what we liked, yes? Well, just the you know, any movie review that we do, right? We go over the mm. good... Uh, the bad, and then what was wh- what was the the last thing that we would do? Um, I think it was just kind of then then you know where does this fit in? Right, looking know, ahead, looking ahead. Yeah, what was your favorite bit? Um, all right, Joe. Mm-hmm. Overall, overall feeling as you were walking out of the virtual theater, aka your living room. Um. I was very happy with what we got. Like I felt very satisfied by the end results. Okay. I I I would say I was I was pleased on a on a character front. I was like, yes, they that satisfied the character arc for me, for yeah. sure. All of the character arcs pretty much. Um but I was disappointed on a story front. Oh, really? And those are two different things. Yeah. And I really wasn't that upset about it. I was just kind of like, oh, okay. So, so that you know, that's that's what we got. Okay, cool. Um, but I wasn't angry or upset about it, like some people that I've talked to. <laughs> oh, some people are some people are very upset, and I, I feel like you know, they, they did say they did say that they were a little concerned that the people coming up with all these fan theories were going to be let down at the end. Right. Right. The director knew what was coming. And I, I feel like this is what I wanted to kind of address when you said, let it be what it's going to be. Two, two reasons, two ways I'm taking that one. This is the story that they had in mind all along. This is the one they told this is this is what they this is the story they told and they did a very good job of it. So take it for that. Yeah. The other part is all of our like analysis and predictions and theories was a hell of a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Like and 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 so them not Delivering your theory does not take away from the fun you had coming up with that theory. Okay, so we'll, we'll talk about that more later. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the things that I really, really liked. Um, I think Scarlet Witch now is. I mean, the way the way the MCU has been played thus far. You've got a ton of characters and not, not every character can get a full arc, right? I mean, they think they've right. done a great job at, at getting us close to that. Um, most characters are going to be relegated to supporting characters in other people's movies. Mm-hmm. And up until now, it's been Steve Rogers's arc and Tony Stark's arcs were kind of the, the dominant ones. Mm-hmm. And with those two characters gone now, there's room 
for other major for other characters to kind of step into the spotlight and take over as the dominant arcs. Mm-hmm. And it's clear that they set the, that that Marvel for for different reasons set their sights on Wanda as needing to be one of those characters. I think they were absolutely fucking right. Mm-hmm. I think they did a great job of setting her up as one of the main protagonists going forward for whatever the next two or three or four phases are of the MCU. Yeah. I I care about this character. I mean, you've always cared about this character, but I care about this MCU character a hell of a lot more, 10 times, 50 times more than I did before this series. And we only, they did that in nine, you know, 30 to 40 minute episodes. Yeah. Well, and, and one of the things that, that I think we've, said over and over again with the properties in general, but especially with WandaVision is I never thought we'd get this. I never thought we'd get right. this. I never thought we'd get this. I And we said that last week. I never thought that we would get a white vision, uh, you know, maybe a nod to it, but that's a deep, that's a deep pull. Um, I never thought that we would get a fully realized independent Monica Rambeau, which I have theories about. So please let me get back. Remind me to go back to her at some point. Oh yeah. I got a whole list. We're going to go down. (laughs) Oh yeah. Um, and then, but, but never did I think that Wanda was going to get the treatment in the movies that she was going, like the amount of content the right. amount of character development that she got in the comic books. Like she has been a character around since the sixties. She has gone through all sorts of story arcs. She has been a hero, a villain. Um, you know, you feel sorry for you. You're angry at her. Like there's like, she runs the full gamut and it's like to see them paying that much tribute to this character. It's like, okay, I, I am not worried about what they're going to do with anybody at this point. Like you, you go, you go crazy. Yeah, and what's exciting about this for the fans, another thing that I thought they did really well that I'm super happy about in this series is that they went full geek. You know, we got Mm -hmm. white vision for Christ's sakes. Yeah. So what that tells me is that Marvel is willing to deep dive into the really nerdy, geeky comic book stuff that that has happened in the stories and the books. Uh, whereas the thinking has always sort of been, you know, oh, that's that's not going to translate to movies. You know, let's let's figure something else out, or let's cut out a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, with Thor, they started to show us that they were willing to really get into that. And now with WandaVision, I think they've taken that even further, mm-hmm. and that makes me so happy about this show because when you think about it, Joe, you could, I mean, yes, we have quote unquote fan favorite characters like Wolverine, but. True comic book heads know just about every character has its dedicated following. <laughs> you got like yeah, you yeah. got Hawkeye stands, you got, you know, Scarlet Witch stands, you got like you name it, you got it. And and it's because all of these characters over years and years of publishing have deep backstories. All of them do. So the, you know, if Scarlet Witch, they chose her next. Awesome, especially the Scarlet Witch people. You know, everyone else is kind of, you know, is 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 learning what the Scarlet Witch fans have. Scarlet Witch fans have known all along, mm-hmm. which is character is awesome and has a great backstory. Um, but you could, I really think that there's a segment of fandom that would say that about any other character. 
Yeah, no, I would absolutely agree. Everybody has their favorite character. Everybody yes. has a character that they absolutely love and identify. And she's definitely, I, if not my fo- top five, definitely my top ten. I mean, I, I'm sure you saw her at some point because I'm sure I had her up in my classroom. I have a Scarlet Witch, Witch action figure. Yeah. And when I saw that thing, I snatched it up because I'm like, I'm never going to see a Scarlet Witch action figure again. Little bit yeah. I know. But, um, but I think I got her in college. And... <laughs> um, and so, yeah, no, the fact that they are taking their time with these characters, uh, and and I mean, for for me, I love both Scarlet Witch and Monica Rambeau, and to have them both in the series was just like, yeah, it's a fangasm. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> like it was amazing. Yeah, yeah, and the, and Marvel's going to be showing us that all of these characters have these these deep stories. You know, we're getting more. Um, War Machine. We're getting. We're definitely going to get more Vision based on what happened in this, in this finale. Yeah. Well, uh, spoilers. In case we hadn't. <laughs> in case we hadn't said it, I think you should know us by now. If you're listening to these by now, you should know. Right. Spoilers. Right. So that made me really happy about this show. I think they did a really great. You know, maybe I'm being cynical, or maybe I'm seeing what I want to see, but I feel like. Marvel definitely looked around and said, okay, we, we got the, we got the straight white guys out of the way. Like those are, those, (laughs) those are our main batch of characters. Those were our main batch of characters. When we started, we kind of somehow managed to get through their major arcs and still satisfy a ton of fans. Please let's move on to some of the non-straight white dude characters. And right. I, I, it feels like this is a very concerted effort. We got Monica Rambeau and we got uh, Wanda Maximoff for a reason. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I really appreciate that. It makes me happy. It makes me excited for what else is coming. Right. Well, and, and one of the things that I also kind of noticed is – there, there is the stereotype. I, I'm, I've got to be very careful how I say this because I don't want to offend anybody. Um, there, what do you mean? This, well, I'm I'll, <laughs> that never crosses my mind, Joe. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, the there is the stereotype that the people who consume these movies are the straight white male or the hardcore geek. Mm. often portrayed as male and we're always talking about representation and we're always talking about um the different like how how much lgbtq reputation means for me and how much um hispanic reputation uh representation means to you and you see in this you see a mom how many of these movies have moms taking their kids to And maybe not like they're there because their kids want to be there. They're there because, you know, maybe they do enjoy the movie, but maybe they're just there because they're there with their families. And to me, this is one thing that kind of struck me when I rewatched it was this is a story about a mom. A lot of it is a story about a mom. And I can see this bringing in the moms and going, wow, this is a really cool character. So what are, what are these Marvel movies? By mom, do you mean white mom or do you just mean any mom? No, I think any mom. Like, I mean, yes, it's still not a, like, she is still a white woman, but I think a lot of moms would feel that connection to her and, like, 
be pulled into this woman who's going to have to give up her children. You know what I mean? I think this is something right. that is very like we, you and I experience that scene in a much different way than somebody who's a parent. Right. That's true. That's true. So they're telling different types of stories, mm-hmm. not just bringing in more diverse characters. Right. Right. And, 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 you know, we always talk about diversity as, you know, your ethnicity or your, um, or your sexual preference or your, your gender, but we don't always talk about it as like the roles you play in life. Right. And I think, I think the fact that they've actually kind of let this be um, a, a family story is really cool. Well, it's also been stories about grownups up to this point, but we can see very clearly that they're setting up young Avengers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely going to appeal to people who are younger, who are watching all these grownups go on adventures, right? And they, they want to see themselves doing that. Right. From an age standpoint. Definitely. Yeah. Marvel's hitting all the, they're, <laughs> they're coming for everyone. Um, uh, okay. Anything else? Really, I mean, this is a really enjoyable series. What what else? Very. What else would you count in the good uh, column? I think the mystery was amazing. Yeah, I, I think the way they revealed the mystery was amazing, especially since I mean, I have never, I don't think I have ever started a movie or a series and been as apathetic about it, and maybe a little bit disappointed as that I was the first couple of episodes because I like, I was so excited for it. And then it was like, wow, this is a lot of sitcom. This is a lot of sitcom. And then to end with probably my favorite Marvel thing, maybe next to end game. Yeah, I could see that. I love, I love that they took such a big swing. This is such an odd way to approach Wanda's story. You know, there's nothing about sitcoms related to her in the comic books, right? No, not that I know of. So so to weave in this whole angle of genres or, or, or eras of sitcoms into Wanda's story and sort of tell it that way. It's like a commentary on television media at the same time that Marvel is launching its first television property that's tied directly into the MCU was really kind of a daring thing to do. Yeah. We haven't really seen something like this on TV yet. Mm -mm. And I love that they took such a big swing with it. Right. (laughs) You know, they're not playing things safe. They're really not. No, they're not. And, (laughs) and I, I, because, because honestly they've got, they've got the capital built up. (laughs) <laughs> like right. we like at this point i think there's there's <laughs> like if this doesn't go over that's like we're okay yeah if this doesn't go over people are still gonna watch it people are still gonna go to the next one yeah. and it may be okay this wasn't our best but you know it was it was a swing um the yeah. fact that they knocked it out of the park is kind of crazy um i have to mention Catherine hahn in my good call so good yeah she was an inspired choice to play Agatha, um, just she, a, a ton of, of people watching this show just kind of latched onto her as just the, the performance to watch throughout this whole series, this whole nine episodes. Yeah, uh, no, she do, was impressive. Do you think we're getting more Agatha at some point? 
Oh, absolutely. I, I love, I love where they're leaving Agatha. I, I, I was waiting for that tear. (laughs) (laughs) I really was. See, I don't think that's Agatha. I think Agatha's like already plotting her revenge inside that Mm. little prison of hers. Um, uh, But I, I think I like this idea because that I didn't know how they were going to pay tribute to this character that has been a, um, has been a villain, has been a, a mentor, has been like, it's a very dynamic character. It's a character that's not just cut and dry. That, that's the great thing is these characters aren't good and evil. They're people with reasons to do what they do. Mm. Um, and so for her to be there still as a way for Wanda to go and access information. Mm. Um, Cause she even said, um, if I need you, I'll know where to find you, which means with like, you don't, you don't put a line in there unless you're going to come back to it. That uh, is, I don't know about that. We're going to talk about that. <laughs> We're going to talk about that later. <laughs> maybe, but I th- see, I think, I think that, I think that that is very telling. I think you're going to see her come back in some way. I think you're going to see her learn things from, from Agatha. Um, Do we have a cast list for Dr. Strange two and is Catherine on, on it? Has it been updated? That's the question. As we do our whole, this is great podcasting. I can hear that clickety clack. <laughs> I like it. I like it. That means info is coming. I'm happy with that. <laughs> All right. So let's see if anything has changed on the. No, we do have Mordo. So Mordo is definitely involved. Awesome. Um, and we have random truck driver. <laughs> Let the conspiracy theories begin. (laughs) (laughs) When will we learn? When will we learn? Uh, Uncredited truck driver. Um, (laughs) This Yeah, no, we have we have Scarlet Witch, we have Dr. Christine Palmer, we have Dr. Strange, we have Mordo, we have Wong, and we have America Chavez. So nobody knew on IMDb. All right, all right. Ooh, America Chavez. Yes. Yes. Well, because we so know she's funny. gonna like it looks like she's gonna be the Captain America analog. Are we are we talking Young Avengers this episode? Uh, I mean I'm gonna ask you at some point, of course. When we get to the twins, I'm gonna ask you. All right, all right. So then I'm going to let you keep going down your outline and not let me not get off track. I don't really have an outline to be honest with you. I'm just going down the cast list of characters and things that we've been talking about just to so we can cover where they ended up and what we thought about that. Uh-huh. Um I didn't do what I normally do for these WandaVision podcasts that we've done where I I, you know, take notes and I watch videos and I I kind of realized and this is not this is not please don't look for any bitterness in in my <laughs> delivery here. But I realized with the finale, Joe, that we as fans chose to to put way more into this show, way more onto this show um, than than was necessarily what was planned for us. Mm-hmm. And so for this, after the finale, I thought, okay, I don't, I don't need to do all this <laughs> research and, and put all this energy into it. I'm just, it, it, it just told us what it wanted to be. I'm going to let it be that. And I'm just mm-hmm. going to go off of that. So I'm really going 
off the top of my head here, no no notes or, or anything other than a list of, of characters. Do you want to talk about the bad now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you have do you have bad? Yeah, hell yeah, I have bad. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. What I, here's the thing. I think that as storytelling continues to evolve and as the MCU, you know, I think this was a very self-aware show and I think mm-hmm. they were aware of what happens when you drop weekly episodes as opposed to dump the whole season all at once. I think they wanted to be part of a weekly conversation. At least they were hoping for that. And I think that they did things in order to plant seeds for a weekly conversation and, 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 and analysis. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I, I think that going forward, these, these showrunners and producers need to, to be very careful about how they use that power. I think there's a responsibility that comes there because if not, I mean, they're lucky that this show built up so much goodwill, but it's a very dangerous game to play when you're encouraging, encouraging. It's not just like we just decided out of nowhere to read things into stuff. I mean, yeah, there is some of that. There is some of seeing stuff in the text that's not there that you want to be there. But I feel like they were very, very clear uh, hints and sort of prodding from the cast, from you know the 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 uh, the promotional materials, the the dialogue that asked us to sort of envision things, and when you don't deliver that, man, that can turn bad for you very very quickly. So I'm looking at you, Paul Bettany. You know, I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at you, uh, you know, Elizabeth Olsen, because. When she, when someone asks you, actor, these actors need to be, they need to be better prepared for this. When someone asks you, is there a Luke Skywalker level cameo by the end of the show? And she says, uh, sure. Yeah. You know, yes, that question was sort of, you know, thrown out there at her, but God damn it. You got, you got to be prepared for shit like that in these days. Mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. you can't just say yes to, you got to be careful because the fans are watching <laughs> with yeah. with the with the biggest magnifying lens you can you can picture right and i don't at, think at this, that they were they were you know fully that careful about that right at the same time i would hate to see them take out all these easter eggs no because, the easter eggs are fine but see a lot of those easter eggs are, are the things that got us all excited and starting to like i totally get the whole watch what you're gonna say but but we we did a lot of this to ourselves. Like, mm-hmm. A lot of it was us sitting there going, "What does this mean? What does that mean?" That kind of right. Well, Easter eggs are to me. Easter eggs are things that if you notice them, cool, an extra little you know level of enjoyment for you. And if you don't notice them, that's okay. The story is still going to be satisfying. That's an mm-hmm. Easter egg to me. But like you know, um, forecasting is different. You know, and I think I think there's there's a, a maybe kind of gray line there, but mm-hmm. all I'm saying is be careful, be careful because this this could have easily gone the wrong way for them, you know. And then you have a lot of upset fans, and I think they anticipated that as as you know by by the tweet that you mentioned, yeah. Because I, I don't think they expected it to get that out of hand. Like, and then when they right. plotted it, they I, right. They, I, I think they put in these Easter eggs like the like the Grim Reaper 
um, helmet in one of the openings. And mm-hmm. like they put all these those little things in there that are like cute little details that they figured, hey, this is, you know, just fun stuff that we're throwing in there for the fans. And then the fans lobbed onto it and were like, oh, mm-hmm. my God, this is great. And started coming up with these crazy ideas. And then they're like, well, let's give that a nudge. This is kind of fun. I think they got swept up in it, too. And sure. then realized how far it went and went, ooh. Yes. I <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I agree. And that's why I think, you know, as a storyteller, man, it's got to be tough because you got to find, you got to find a line, an appropriate line between, um, you know, Easter eggs and foreshadowing. Because foreshadowing is a tool that yeah. writers use to tell stories. Yeah. So you want to foreshadow, but what's foreshadowing and what's Easter eggs? You know what I mean? Like what's, right. what's a clever nod to people that know the comic books? And what's actually foreshadowing? I think you really gotta, if you're a storyteller nowadays, you really gotta redefine what those things are. Cause it's not the same as storytelling in the eighties and nineties and early two thousands. It's just not, there's too much information at, at our fingertips where we can go and we can research every single thing. And so we don't know, we don't know what is just a cute little nod and what is like foreshadowing for the actual story. Right. Set, setting audience expectations is everything, you know, to a storyteller, right? If you show a gun in the first act, right. It's got to yeah, show third. up by the fifth. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, and I think that they're showing us stuff, and we as an audience are going, okay, what's going to go off and what isn't? What's coming back and what isn't? And so that's how you, you know, that can easily lead to misplaced expectations. And I don't think that's 100% the fan on the fans. No, I would agree. I would agree. Especially with Paul, like Paul Bettany. I think I, I think Elizabeth Olsen maybe not, <laughs> underestimated the question. <laughs> or maybe <laughs> just doesn't watch Mandalorian when who's, who is right. Luke Skywalker. Right. And that's so, why I'm saying it's part of the job at this point, y'all. It's part. Right. If you're going to be cast in a geek thing, you got to understand geek culture. You need a geek culture primer. Joe, I think I just created new jobs for us in the industry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So anybody from Marvel <laughs> Marvel Studios that yes. wants to hire Ray and I to come and just like fill in all your actors, I would be happy to sit down with right? any of them and say, okay, so these are the things you need to know about Cause, culture. Because they're, they're being given comic books and saying, oh, read this Marvel trade. No, no, no. Me and Joe got all of geek culture covered. We will we will let you know the major points of who 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 is who in what geek property so that you don't get sideswiped by some of these questions. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I do all- love the fact that they've talked they've talked about how Elizabeth Olsen has really just deep dove into the Wanda character though and yeah. and really read up on everything and when they originally hired her they said don't 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 look at the costumes. <laughs> don't don't look at the costumes. We're not going to do that to you. But I love the fact that I, I'm sure with like some of her input, like they went all out and they landed on another thing that I never thought we would get with Wanda is they landed on a, a, a very Taste. appropriate tribute to the character's more famous costume. They did the whole yeah. comedy Halloween costume version, but her, her ending costume is kick-ass. Yeah. It looks great. I, I wish it was a little less strappy, like Captain, Captain America type of strappy or not strappy, but what's, they're not straps. What are they? They're like kind of like in like seems. Yeah. There's like a, there's like a relief sculpture aspect to them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and for a witch, I would think like, that looks more like 
a soldier's uniform or kind of like battle, I don't know, battle wear or something. But mm-hmm. I still, I love the the sort of capey thing, like half skirt that comes down. Yeah. Uh, it's very Magneto. You notice That's that? That's right. It's very Magneto. People have pointed out that there's an, an M right in the center of her headpiece too. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. It is very Magneto. What were you going to say about Paul Bettany though? <laughs> when we were talking about foreshadowing. Oh, I okay. I I both I both appreciate his joke and <laughs> shake my fist at him because I think I think when you talk about where it went off the rails, I think that's where it went off the rails. And mm. I I appreciate the sense of humor. He, he has confirmed that the the cameo that he's been looking forward to um, working with is himself. Uh, <laughs> And and I, I appreciate the humor. I think that's where they need. So I think where Marvel went. Oh, we we have gone too far. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I appreciated as I as I brought up last episode, where I said, you know, maybe this is just uh, Agatha and Wanda's story. And you know what? That's okay. Like yeah. that's great. Yeah. And I appreciate that they went with that. Uh, I think I would have enjoyed it even more than I did. If there wasn't that sort of anticipation built up in the back of my mind, I think, you know, I, I, mm-hmm. I think I would have just, if, if they had maybe telegraphed that a bit more that it's like, no, this is it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, gosh, you know, I guess, I don't know how much more you can do that than to make a song called it's Ag- Agatha all along. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I mean, I think they did try to tell, Hey, Hey everyone. It's just this, you know, <laughs> it's just this. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also think that this, you know, this is going to, for me anyway, this is going to force me to readjust, recalibrate my expectations for these Marvel TV shows. This last episode, uh, and I've talked to a couple people that have kind of echoed this sentiment as well. This last episode felt very much to me like a television thing. Did not, did not really feel cinematic. Um, some of the effects were dodgy. Um, it just, it felt even, even in the most epic scenes, it felt very low key. Mm -hmm. It felt, it felt kind of, uh, small, I would even say. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, this, I'm, this is a good reminder (laughs) for me. Oh yeah. These are stop expecting these to be the movies. We, I really thought by the end it was going to be like a full blown, like mini MCU movie. Right. And, uh, good reminder. Okay. Going forward. Falcon winter soldier. Okay. This is a, this is a television show. No matter how good a television show it becomes, it's still a tele. It's always going to be a television show and that should be okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you on that. How about that? Um, how about the runes on the hex? I thought that was cool. That was so cool. <laughs> and it was funny because I'm like, why are they having her miss? Like, yes. What is going like? Uh, and then when you realize it's like, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I thought that was really well done. It also shows you how fast she's going to learn this witch stuff, how fast she's going to learn. And the fact that she is realizing that she needs to. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Okay. Vision. Vision. All right. I had to I had I had to figure out what went I, I got a little confused. Maybe because I wasn't fully fully paying attention. I had to go back and watch it a second time. But 
I kind of thought they ended up doing the 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 merge through. I didn't. It didn't connect. The, the way they cut the scene, it did not connect that White Vision just left. Yeah, he just peaced out. <laughs> he just peaced out. And and for me, I was like, okay, oh, so the, the two have kind of combined. And and I thought that – and then I was like, oh, no, the two have not combined. Okay, so then what happened to White Vision? Why is he – like, where did he go? And then on the rewatch, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, he just peaced out. Um, So that was a little – um. It's gonna be the. It's gonna be Frankenstein. How do you feel about that from a story perspective? Because that felt very unsatisfying to me. Very unsatisfying. Um, I'm not upset because it's not about Wanda. Okay. Like, like I again, I think we're gonna get some vision. I don't know where. I don't know in what capacity we're gonna get a vision. Um, you know, focused story mm-hmm. but it's going to be it's going to be frankenstein it's going to be you know the creature trying to figure out where his place is in the universe and yeah. so i'm i'm perfectly fine with that being its own thing and not encroaching on the rest of wanda's story in this episode with, with such a dramatic reveal at the end of last episode mm-hmm. I, you know i wish that that character had some a more of an impact on the on the, the last act of, mm-hmm. of the finale. You can still have him fly away after that. That's fine. But have him be the one to stop Hayward. Have him. You know what I mean? So, something. Have, oh, have I him. wouldn't take that. I wouldn't take that moment away from Darcy. <laughs> Darcy's. A, I feel like Darcy is a much more um, a versatile character. You can you can give her another moment. She's not. Mm-hmm. I, I I think even that for Darcy that didn't feel satisfying to me. The, the the as much of a of an impact as she had and as big a role she played at the beginning of the series, literally that was the only line and the only thing she had to do. She came out of nowhere and hit his car, and then that was it. I, I strongly think that's COVID related. What? I I honest because remember they finished they finished um, filming this after COVID hit. And the reason why they could do it faster than um, Falcon and Winter Soldier, which was supposed to come out first, was mm. because it was more self-contained. Mm. But my guess is is that she was not – like they, they had to kind of tweak things at the end and that they weren't able to get her in there because mm. of the COVID time. That's, that's honestly what it felt like to me. Like, like she, she's very starkly missing from this last episode. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the only thing I can think like the of for the most part the storytelling is pretty spot on and for me that that goes I wonder if that's a covid thing. Okay. Well, well, regardless, I just I would have liked to seen White Vision do something something a little more impactful than just a conversation and then bye. That feels very, you know, more concerned about setting up the franchise than about actually telling a a satisfying story yeah i uh, see i'm okay with that because i i think if in order to do that it's it's giving him more importance in the story than he had up until then i like, mean this is effectively vision going forward in the mcu right but this story is not about vision it's about wanda uh, it's called wanda vision joe come on <laughs> come on okay, okay. <laughs> 
His well, name is in the, the title. that we've been following this entire time is not really Vision. It's really Wanda. Exactly. Exactly. So, and I thought it was cool that that they explained him as the the part of the mind zone that's a part of her. That that was cool. Yeah, that was that. I w- I was bawling. Both both <laughs> both watches. I was bawling. Like like the idea that she's got to sit there and know that her children are going to disappear. Like it just Oof, like yeah. just heart wrenching. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the twins. Love the twins. Um, bummed that they're. I'm, I'm guessing the next time we see them for Young Avengers, they're going to have aged up again. Yeah. But those little actors, especially the Billy one, was are, are pretty awesome. Yeah, I really wanted to see them sort of like dissipate into the the border of the of the hex. Kind of oh, bummed. Cruel. <laughs> kind of bummed that we. Cruel. But like they could be happy about it. You know, they could be asleep and not know that it's happening. But like, let's just see it sort of like fade. You know. But I think that's the whole point because, as we saw from the second uh, oh. stinger, I don't know that they were there when it faded. That, I didn't even fucking think about that. That's a great yeah. point. That's a great point. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm glad they got their own little uh incredibles moment as a family as a mm-hmm. as a unit uh, a family unit of superheroes you know mm-hmm. that was cool um i'm excited to to know something of these characters now for for the inevitable young avengers you know uh um i don't know property whether it's going to be a television show or movie or whatever it's cool that we have some history with these characters right and i i Okay, moving on. I don't want to get ahead of myself. <laughs> <laughs> what more did you want to say about Young Avengers? Well, okay, so this kind of bleeds into can can I can I bleed into Monica Rambo? Yes, let's do it. Okay, so with her stinger, obviously the person that they're talking about is um, Nick Fury. Nick Fury, and so my thinking is. She's going to be the one that assembles the Young Avengers. Oh shit! Yeah, he's going to go. Okay, we need to we we need to reestablish the Avengers because you know even if we're protecting them from former members of the Avengers, we need to reestablish the Avengers, and that's how that's how we're going to get the Young Avengers. And I think the Young Avengers is going to be a movie. I do not think it's going to be a series. How do the Young Avengers get assembled in the comics? Do you know that? Um, I don't remember. That's a horrible thing for me to say, but I don't remember. And That's I okay. want I want to say that it's like in the middle of something like Civil War where everybody's fighting and they've got to kind of step in and figure out you know what side they're on kind of thing. Um somebody's going to somebody's screaming at their their uh yeah. podcast right now going, yeah, "No, it's sure. this." I don't I don't remember, but I think I would like to see them do an um a giant size X-Men 64 thing. What is I kind I want Monica. I mean, it's kind of cool. I, I like the idea of her forming the Young Avengers because one, Nick Fury's getting getting old, mm-hmm. uh, and two, it gives her more of a role to play. Uh, but I was I kind of read that at the end as Monica going on to be in the Avengers, not Young Avengers, just whatever next iteration of the Avengers that Fury is planning, that to me, that was like the nod that like Monica is going to be on that team. Right. It just, it felt very much like, but, but I think, I think the next iteration of the Avengers 
is going to be the Young Avengers. Oh, so you're saying we're not getting another Avengers property until Young Avengers? Um, possibly. You know, I, I, I don't know. It would be very interesting, especially because I, w- I would love to see her with She-Hulk and some of the other really cool characters that I know they're, they're having mm-hmm. pop up in the next couple of series. Mm-hmm. But everything we're seeing is really pushing towards Young Avengers. And there is a Young Avenger character in every single series coming out except maybe Loki. But even then, Loki himself, like a a younger version of Loki, could be a character in Young Avengers. So, okay, Feige has said that the the culmination of every phase is going to be an Avengers movie. Mm -hmm. So if we're officially into phase four, I guess the television shows are part of phase four now. So... We haven't gotten a phase four movie yet, but we are officially into phase four. That makes a lot of sense. If phase four is going to include these television shows and some movies, then the young Avengers being the end. So you're wow. That's, that's a lot fast. That's, that's getting a young Avengers team a lot sooner than I had anticipated, but the way you're describing a, a character in each of these properties, like that absolutely makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Now, we might get an Avengers movie in between there because, like I said, I would love to see them do a uh, giant size X-Men 64 thing where – I'm getting the number right, I think um, – <laughs> the where they they introduce all the new characters in order to go save the old characters. Right. Oh. Like, I would love to see something like that. Like, you know, first of all, a team of – like, who, who do we have left? We have, we have Thor and Hawkeye. We have the Hulk. We have, we're going to have She-Hulk. We're going to maybe have Moon Knight. I'm just saying maybe because I don't know if he's actually going to be a quote-unquote Avenger. Um, We have Monica Rambeau. Am I missing anybody who's not a kid? You would know better than me, man. (laughs) Spider-Man. I guess you could throw in there. Yeah. Uh, Again, people are shouting it there. At their oh, podcast. Speaking of people shouting at their podcast, when you said Giant Size X-Men number 64, I thought, no, it's Giant Size X-Men number 75. I just looked it up. It's Giant Size X-Men number one. And <laughs> uh, chronologically, it is placed after X-Men number 66. And it came out in 1975. <laughs> <laughs> So that was just a big mishmash of wrong for me. Sorry, guys. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm gonna have to read some Young Avengers comics. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, don't have. I don't know, know what they're doing here. I, I mean, we're, we're getting, we're also getting the scroll uh, or uh, secret invasion, which right. I think we're gonna get Hulkling from. I can't imagine us not getting Hulkling. I didn't realize that Hulkling. I just learned that Hulkling is not does have, not have any connection to the hulk at all whatsoever he's a scroll he's a scroll and he he kind of get, he he got that name because he was the hulk analog in the young avengers i think you said that to me last episode actually <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and and i can't imagine us not getting him because he just got married to wiccan which is billy uh oh. in in the comics like like just recently very recently okay. oh man uh, super excited to see where Monica goes from here. Obviously, we're going to see her in Captain Marvel too. Yes, 
Yes. And I also think we're going to see her in Ms. Marvel. I want to say that we've heard. You know, speaking of, right now that we're talking about Monica, speaking of Easter eggs versus foreshadowing, mm-hmm. now, now that we've seen the whole story told, looking back, I can see how the writers might have been at a point in the story where they said, okay, we need, we need to, to set up a, a, some kind of assistance, some kind of, some kind of like help to come to the team of Monica and agent Wu and Darcy, like for the, they're, they're getting together, they're escaping the hex or, or they're, you know, they're, they're, forming as a unit to help Wanda. And, and when they're out there, they need to, to get a hold of some kind of technology, something to try to get back into the hex. Uh, it's not, it's going to seem very, what's the term? Like uh do deuce ex machina. Yeah. It's going to seem really out of nowhere. If they just run into a military unit out there in the woods, Mm-hmm. So we're going to have to we're going to have to work really hard to plant that seed so that when that happens it doesn't feel like a cheat. Right. And and so of course them going okay let's make sure that Monica twice says that she has an aerospace engineer friend so that when this team pops up it's not out of nowhere. But of course the fans are going to go oh shit that's someone really important. Right. You know what I mean? So as a writer, you're like, oh, I got to set this up, but how do I set it up enough and not too much? <laughs> yeah. I think, I think had, had that bit of dialogue be saved, had had been saved for the episode where they actually meet that character that doesn't leave a week or two's room for the audience to then go, let's brainstorm on who that's going to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. In the beginning of the episode, Darcy's like, what are we going to do once we get out there? And then Monica's like, I have an aerospace engineer. Let me hit him up. And then they, you know, halfway through the episode, they get out there and meet up with them. It's like, okay, boom, they're done. Like it's not, it's not a setup for something major. Just a thought. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you. Um, I kind of like, again, we didn't see we didn't see Monica go full superhero on this, True. Um, and I think that that's good. I think that's a little bit in the in line with the whole white vision thing. The mm. story is not about Monica. The story is about Wanda, and yes, it's given us her origin, but her coming to terms with her powers and figuring out how to do what she needs to do is a whole nother story. Mm-hmm. So I'm I, as much as I wanted to see her like like that color. For those of you who do not know um, Monica Rambeau's Captain Marvel, that last color, that like golden yellow that the mm-hmm. bullets fly through, that oh, is that like was... the way she's. That's the way she's represented in the comics most of the time. It says this glowing yellow gold color, force of light, basically. Though that scene with the bullets going through her, I I literally stood up and cheered. That was so cool to see her impervious to bullets. And I just thought that was a really, really epic moment Uh given that this governmental authority figure was shooting at her and 
her character is is set up to to be impervious to those bullets i thought was yeah that was really cool to see really cool moment yeah um, she's such a great character i can't wait to see more of her like i i am chomping at the bit for more monica rambo yeah um what uh god it's like we'll take what we can get at this point um mm-hmm. so okay let's i i listed katherine hahn as one of the you know the good thing the really good things about this show in my good column but i want to talk about agatha now mm-hmm. because one of the things that i was disappointed about was that in the end you know marvel has done such a great job of setting up their villains to be empathetic or mm-hmm. sympathetic, I think, uh, is the right word. And we, I was really hoping for that and anticipating that, not necessarily just for, you know, maybe things that I ran into in the show itself, but just because Marvel's been good at doing that. Right. And in the end, it did kind of seem like in the last episode, she was, uh, you know, twirling her villain mustache. What do you yeah. Think? Yeah. No, I, I agree. Uh, I think it's very interesting that her, like, she's like, I steal power from the undeserving. It's kind of what I do. Well, that's what Baron Mordo is doing. Right. <laughs> yes. And so for me, I'm kind of like, so this is a thing. And it feels very Highlander. I don't know. <laughs> it really does. It feels yes. very Highlander. Well, there can be only one. That's, that's right. where we're going with this. There can be only one. And And so... I, because I don't think we've seen the end of Agatha, I don't think it's – I'm not giving up hope that we're going to see something more than just I like power, twirl mustache, twirl mustache. Like I feel like we're going to get something because she's she, – I don't think she's going away. I don't think she's going to be um, – you know, they, they left her alive and kicking for a reason. Yeah, cue the queen music. <laughs> I, I can even see like if you want to you want to jump ahead to several movies in the Fantastic Four, I can see Wanda at some point going. I know right where to where to hide Franklin Richards. Yes, and it's oh, with Agatha. Oh yes, that's brilliant. Yeah, so I don't think we've seen the end of. I I think I think that this is a way to introduce the character. I think by the end of this, I I hope by the end of the character's story arc, mm-hmm. which I do think we're going to get mm-hmm. that you're going to find her, her forgetting about power or, or us realizing why the power is important to her. Yeah. And, and maybe not being completely evil. She's just, her character had so much opportunity to be more than one dimensional and that she did feel a little bit one dimensional in the end for me. And I was disappointed by that. You know, yeah, if, I can if, see that. if she had some other motive, it didn't have to be sympathetic even just whatever, but just something else uh, you know, and again, we get to like foreshadowing that maybe wasn't meant to be foreshadowing and instead meant to be a nod. Um, you know, Mr. Scratchy was just, or Senior Scratchy was just Senior Scratchy, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, which brings us to Pietro. I love the fact that he's Ralph. Like, I, I'm, I know some people were really disappointed. I love the fact that he's Ralph. Why? <laughs> um, because it's just ridiculous. Like, of course he is. Like, it's it was just put out there in front of us. Like, of course he's Ralph. Like, it <laughs> it it just seemed like a good. Like, if it wasn't going to be something big, this seems to make sense. Right. So then, why 
what was the point of Agatha mentioning her husband Ralph all the time? Well, because honest- she, she didn't say it as just like talking about. She was like announcing my husband Ralph. Like she's like, you know, for a, for one reason or another, it seems she was putting that out there. But well, if she's if she's trying to conceal the fact that, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> well, I, I think I think two reasons. I think yes, she's 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 living in Ralph's house, so <laughs> we're we're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna be happily married to Ralph because that's where we're living, and it's kind of the story we're telling. But at mm. the same time, she's living in the house with Ralph. She's not. She's not doing evil twenty four hours a day. <laughs> like I think she has interactions with Ralph on the regular. Oh, are you talking about like a, a Wonder Woman, Chris Pine sort of <laughs> interaction? You know, it, it, it's it's a possibility. <laughs> there were a lot of there were a lot of sexual innuendos in her comment. Like <laughs> she is a villain, so. God, you know what is the thing about possessing people to have sex with them without their consent in these superhero stories lately? <laughs> Jesus Christ, the fuck! Um, it just seemed odd to me that if she, you know, she doesn't need to announce that her husband is Ralph to people who are brainwashed or being controlled. To she doesn't need to convince any of them. For her to keep mentioning her husband Ralph, like you would think that if she if she took over this person and she's using them, she would want to conceal that. She wouldn't want to announce it. You know, it just uh, it seemed odd to me. It just it, here's a here's a better explanation for from me that's not as cheeky. Um, she's filling a role. It's in fact it's the role that Wanda puts her in at the end. You know, mm. you cast yourself as the nosy neighbor. If you look at all the the tropey kind of characters that she's based on, like Mrs. Roper and um, Agnes, I forget the the character's name from Bewitched. There's always the put upon husband in the background that that they're constantly referencing. So I think. If you want to be really like specific about it, the role required her to have that husband, that put upon husband. Mm. That would be my, that would be my justification. Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna go my bad column, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can I, I'm gonna jump? I'm gonna put one thing in my bad column. Like I, I I do love this this series. I think it's great. I think it's creative. And because it's creative, god damn it, Marvel, can we stop pitting superheroes against superheroes with the exact same power set? <laughs> like literally you had Vision versus Vision and a witch versus a witch like right. you could not have paired them up more like literally they were paired up against themselves. Yeah, speaking of of power sets and I'll, this is the last thing I'll say and we'll move on. How was Ralph able to have Quicksilver's power set? Uh, something in the beads. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, moving on. <laughs> so, okay, so so in in um in role playing games, right? When you when you get to these things that don't make any sense, there's a phrase that everybody diverts to. <laughs> a wizard did it. Oh, I like, like that. <laughs> yeah, like anytime somebody doesn't know what happened, is well, why does this doesn't make sense? So how did how could this possibly? Oh, wizard did it. That's oh, okay. Great. So so yeah, a, 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 a witch, witch did it. Did it. A witch did it. 
for the MCU. That's going to be the MCU now, which did it. Which did uh, it. Yeah, you know, I I agree with you. I think it was there were story reasons for Vision to face Vision and Wanda to face Agatha, but you're right. It it does seem to be something that they are not afraid at all to to dive right into. Mm-hmm. Uh to just set these these similarly powered beings against each other for the the final act. Yeah. Um how did you feel about uh Agatha's the 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 way her powers sort of the the power battle happened with Wanda speaking of you know similarly powered beings um i thought it was i thought the evolution of it was kind of interesting because at first it looked like all right wanda has to use her powers on agatha for her to steal her power mhm and so she was going to sideswipe that by like hitting her with a car <laughs> which i thought right. was brilliant yeah yeah same uh, and then somebody pointed out that, you know, you start seeing Wanda using tricks that Agatha has used even before oh. the, like she disappears the way Agatha disappears. Um, so she's learning the, she's learning that, but Agatha is also not just draining her power when she's directly being coming in contact with it. But mm-hmm. anytime Wanda uses her power, um, Agatha can kind of siphon it off. Like she does it with the force field. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I thought it was very interesting because you could kind of like often fights are just like characters punching each other. And this looked like it really did develop like their strategy developed as they were going. And I thought that was kind of interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. I felt the same way. I, I really liked uh, the, so- I guess the solution that Wanda came up with in terms of, uh, using the the automobile, uh, setting up the runes, uh, disappearing. It didn't dawn on me that some of those things, you know, besides the runes that um, she had directly learned from, you know, just wit- just watching, just observing Agatha. But I thought at the end, I thought, cool, like this is we're kind of like how the X Men like figure out their foes and then work together as a team. Mm-hmm. It just felt like we were watching Wanda learning. And I thought that was the ultimate point of that battle as opposed to just being, you know, a, a powered battle or whatever. The point was that we're seeing that Wanda is smart and she can figure things out and that she's going to really embrace being a witch. Cause the whole time she's like, I'm not a witch. I'm not a witch. And by the end she's using runes and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then she says to, to Monica, I don't know what this power is, but I, I, I will. Like right. I'll, I'll figure it out. Uh, I just a, a nod to Elizabeth Olsen. Like I thought she was just brilliant. Like there were so many scenes in this where I was just like, mm-hmm. like you're on her side. Like when she talks to, it broke me both times I watched it when she says to the boys, "Thank you for choosing me to be your mother." Yeah, like just killed me. Like yeah. I feel like there were so many moments of of high emotion and, um defiance and like it could have been very one note but she did such a great job of every moment has its own emotion behind it she's very sincere like when she when she realizes she's hurting the the people in the town Mm -hmm. like just a look of of disgust and terror that she has i was just so impressed so impressed yeah i was really glad that they gave those people a voice and it was Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. yeah you know she actually is doing something really terrible Mm -hmm. uh and the way they hit those emotional notes at the end, 
did, you know, go further to reinforce for me going forward, like, okay, this is, these, these shows are going to be about the character development. They're not going to be about introducing a new big bad or something like that necessarily. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that we got Monica, which is awesome. And I think beyond that there, you know, we might get a Monica Rambo, we might get a, you know, a spectral vision, but we're not seeing a Loki or like a, a huge, like, you know, a, a phase villain probably uh, introduced in these series. No, it's, I think we're going to see those a lot more in the movies that we still have coming up, which I <laughs> We're so focused. I don't know about you. I, I'm going to speak for myself here. I am so focused on these these Disney Plus series that I keep forgetting we have Eternals like right around the corner. Do we? I thought it was at the end of the year. Well, t- I mean, to me, I feel like in Marvel time, that's right around the corner, isn't it? Man, I'm trying to enjoy this summer. All right, Joe? I'm trying, <laughs> trying to enjoy a vaccinated <laughs> summer here. Let's, uh, let's fast forward to Thanksgiving. Uh, ha- yeah. have, you, have, you gotten, have you gotten your va- vaccinations yet? I have an appointment for Wednesday for the single dose. And I, I don't know if we're going to need to edit this out or whatever, but, um, no, no, no. I think this is fine. I am, uh, I'm torn between looking for a, a, a two dose appointment over the single dose. I've read different things about it. I'm still doing some research. I think, you know, I've read that the, the single dose has a, you know, 70 per something percent efficacy, but, I've also read that it's been tested against more strains and, and harder strains or, mm-hmm. or you know, so uh, hard, uh, tougher strains, I should say. So, I'm, I mean, obviously, one dose is better than no dose. Right. And, and they're saying that the, the one dose vaccination is stronger, which is why you only need one dose. And I've also read that eventually people who got the one dose might qualify for like a, a, a booster, you know, after the fact. So I don't know. Um, but I do have my appointment. Uh, I'll, I'll probably stick with it, but I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can schedule a, a, a two dose appointment, a double appointment, just, you know, for my own peace of mind. I don't know. How about you? Awesome. Yeah, no, we, we got our second dose dose on Wednesday. Oh, so cool. we're, we're, we're all dosed up. Um, Thursday was not bad. I didn't have it as bad as other people have had mm-hmm. it, but I, I ached everywhere and then Ooh. it was just it was just foggy. Like I just I had trouble focusing on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it was did you take angry. it easy. Did you rest? No, I had oh, school. God, I mean, I, I sort of did. I I I I planned to not have a lot of like active teaching those days, um, which is very hard to do on Zoom. It's like here, watch these videos. I know you're not watching these videos. Um, but uh, but yeah, by Friday I was fine. Okay. Good. Yeah. Good. All right. So that was our little sorry. That was a little COVID tangent. But my whole thing is 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 in the grand scheme of things, we are this year getting a Eternals movie, which right. is just completely off the rails and has nothing to do yet uh, with anything that we've talked yet about. Mm-hmm. So, um, I like I'm both excited and overwhelmed trying to clue into what is going on with. It anything in the Marvel universe. Of this yeah. Point. Yeah. Tell me about it. That's one of the reasons why we as fans can let our imaginations go wild because we don't know. No. And anything's in play because there's so much 
to draw from. You know, when I mentioned earlier about reading too much into the text, I forgot to mention that's kind of impossible to do because the text we're talking about <laughs> is mm-hmm. like five or six decades of like Marvel stories. So there's so much in the text. It's not like people are just making stuff up off the top of their head that they want to see in the shows. It's stuff from the comics. And there's so much from the comics. It could be any of these things. Yeah. Well, and and the fact of the matter is, is the, I, I feel like this is very much, do you remember when they, they, <laughs> where they relaunched as like the ultimates and they had those mm-hmm. whole, the whole alternate version of the, it, it was like, they tried to take the Marvel universe and say, all right, we've, we've been working at this for decades now. Let's kind of consolidate all of this into a story that makes sense. Because and it was too convoluted for new fans to try to get into, right? It exactly. Was, yeah. And it wasn't, and it ended up not being terribly successful because it just didn't like, it, it didn't honor necessarily the the material. It kind of just tried to squish it all together and make mm-hmm. sense of it. And a lot of people were, were not happy with it. I feel like the, the MCU is a successful version of that where they're like, let's look at the right. Marvel history and let's say, how do we make this make sense in one linear conversation? Yeah, I would say Ultimate Spider-Man was very successful in rebooting and reintroducing Spider-Man to a new audience. It also introduced Miles Morales. But I, I think that the, the Ultimate, which was the, the Ultimate Universe take on Avengers, I think for a lot of people that didn't, it was a more cynical take written by Mark Millar and I loved it. You know, I thought it was, it was self-aware and sort of making fun of itself in some mm-hmm. way, in some places. But I, I know a lot of fans thought it was just, it didn't have the heart of the original Avengers, which, which the MCU definitely has at its, at its core. I wasn't, I'm not sure about ultimate X-Men. I know it was a very different take on the X-Men where like Wolverine is one of the like headmasters. Um, but um yeah, I, I, and, and the rest of the X-Men team were like a teens. Uh, I know that there's a, a kind of a cartoon or an animated show that was based, that was based on it as well. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think ultimate Spider-Man was successful because it, it kept that heart in place. And I think ultimates, by the time it got to ultimates three, which I didn't read, I heard it just shit went off the rails and it was really bad that the infamous scene where like the blob eats somebody or something like that. Yeah, well, like they had all sorts of weirdness and wrongness, and they tried to justify the whole um, Psylocke uh, race change, which oh, is just right. so not okay. Right. And right. the only good thing about that is Colossus was gay. That was my only thing. Mm. That was my only takeaway from that was that was like, that was cool. But everything yeah. else was just kind of weird and icky. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the MCU is definitely the doing all that the right way. Okay. So I am, I'm looking at Eternals. Like we've totally gone off the rails. I apologize, but right. I'm looking at Eternals and I, for some reason, I thought Angelina Jolie was Cersei. She's not, she's Thana. I think she's been announced as Cersei. But according to all the stuff that I'm seeing, both like pictures and um, and the cast list, she's Thana. How do you spell Cersei? S-E-R-S-I. S- the- S-E-R-S-I. 
which makes me really excited because the person they have listed as, and this is IMDb, the person they have listed as Circe is Gemma Chan, who I love, absolutely love Gemma Chan and perfect role for her, even though she this is actually her second Marvel character. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's okay. This is from comicbook.com. This is from April 6, 2019. Uh, and it says here, Eternals has been dropping some casting news and character hints for the last few weeks, with the biggest being the announcement that Angelina Jolie will be starring in the film. There's been a lot of speculation about who Jolie's mystery MCU character would turn out to be. And now it seems we have confirmation that she is indeed playing the role of Cersei. It, this was, they, they, maybe they changed it, but this was everywhere. Yeah, it was everywhere, and so I think that's why I thought it, but according to IMDb, she is playing Thena, okay. and uh, Gemma Chan is playing Circe, which is awesome. Um, she also played Minerva in Captain Marvel. Okay. Yeah. So, okay, so here we go. Yeah, for the longest time, it was believed that Jolie would be playing Circe, but... So, they had to correct that. But when she was first cast, it, she was cast... It was reported everywhere that she was cast as Circe. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, there's back and forth. There's a lot. I'm just just looking at the first page of Google. Google doesn't know. So, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Google's as confused as we are. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm like I'm not nuts, right? Like she was announced as Cersei, but okay, cool. So, Gemma Chan is going to be Cersei. Yes. And I love Gemma Chan. So this is, this is very, cause I, when I saw that she was Minerva, I was like, well, that's a waste of her talent. Like she mm-hmm. should be a bigger, a bigger deal than a, a one-off alien character. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, so she's, she's actually, I, I don't know that there's too many people that have played two different Marvel characters, but she's going to be one of them. You know, I only have a couple more things on my list here, Joe, as we wrap up, it's, it's been almost an hour now we've been going for, mm-hmm. um, Hayward, just a bad guy. Yeah, just a bad guy. Not Ultron. Not nope. building. Not building Sentinels. No, nope. just a bad guy. Just a bad just guy. A bureau- bureaucrat. <laughs> just enjoy prison. Uh, <laughs> That's such a great line. I okay. So one of the biggest things out of this series is I I really appreciate Darcy. I want to go back and watch her in the other Thor movies because like what a great character that I hope yeah. we see a bunch more of. Yeah, I wish I had we had seen more of her, you know, in the in the finale. Um, boo pandemic. Um, I also have um, missing witness is still uh, missing. No, I think I'm pretty sure that the witness is the male guy. That's but. why they kept. Yes, that's why they kept saying, uh, "Don't shoot the messenger." Um, like I think it's implied that that's who the um, the witness is. No way, really. I, I mean, I'm fine with just saying that was never. Then they never came back to that. I feel like, I feel like saying it was the the mail carrier is kind of a stretch. WandaVision missing. What makes you think that? Just just the fact that. He kept popping up. Well, and also he's very Goomba-ish. Like he very much, doesn't he feel like, like, well, like his, just especially when he, he feels like he could be 
the typical like mobster informant. Like he very much fits that role. Okay, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm, I'm right. I'm googling is Goomba a slur, <laughs> and, and I'm like, uh, are we are we stereotyping Italians as Italian Americans as mobsters? Well, I am I'm a large. I'm a large percentage Italian American. <laughs> so right. okay, so we're, we're okay in that department. All right. Uh, <laughs> Uh, someone said, someone on Twitter said, maybe, maybe Wu's missing witness is the friends we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Okay. Uh, God, I love Twitter. It's so funny. So who was the missing person? Who, who was the witness protection? The one Jimmy Wu. People are wondering. friends we made along the way that's too good it's too funny um <laughs> yeah nobody nobody knows yeah i think nobody that knows. it just uh it, to me that kind of falls in with the the ralph boner <laughs> reveal <laughs> do you know where that reference is somebody i saw on, on um i saw on one of the the like you know wrap-up videos. Mm-hmm. Do you know where they think they got that name from? No. Do you remember the character on uh, on Growing Pains? Oh. There was a character on Growing Pains named Boner. Yes. Um, God, his name was like Steve Stabone or something like that. Was yeah, his real name yeah exactly. Boner. Oh, yeah. I, that was like Mike's friend. Yeah. Mike, so, Mike Seaver's friend. Yeah, so I think uh, I think that's probably where that came from because it's just such a random. And then somebody pointed out, like, well, maybe not totally random because if you know, and I guess one of the directors was actually like made his start on mm-hmm. as a child actor on that show. So right, right, it 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 it, it tracks. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, me, haha. Wouldn't it be funny if Evan Peters is just some guy? Evan Peters and WandaVision, just some guy. Uh, but in all seriousness, I think he was the missing person in witness protection Jimmy was looking for, and it might still be possible that he's multiverse Quicksilver. Oh, I think people just don't want to let that go. No, nobody wants to let that go. I don't think he is because he's been in that he's been in that uh, house for a really long time because you can tell from the water bill. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he, he's been there in a really for a really long time. Um, and so like, he's not the witness. Right. Okay. Uh, so, and then my, my last note here is uh secret final episode cameo. W- was it? Was it was it vision. Bettany? It was Paul. Yeah, Bettany? it was Paul Bettany. Yeah. But, okay. Cause that was like, that was shown at the stinger of the second to last episode. So I guess I didn't, I was like, Oh, I guess does that still count as, a cameo in the last episode if it's revealed in the second to last episode. All right. We didn't even yeah. get Doctor Strange, man. Was, no, I know. Little, weren't you a little bit disappointed by that? Um, I wasn't, I wasn't. I mean, once I I was I was disappointed that he wasn't in the stinger. I expected a, a Doctor Strange stinger. Um I'm I'm concerned that Wanda's using the Dark Home. That's concerning. <laughs> um but very cool that she hears Billy and Tommy called her, which mm. means that they're still around somewhere or she'd just gone fruit loops. Um, 
but somebody brought up the fact that she has she's astral projecting herself and that how powerful is she that she can be making herself a cup of tea and studying the dark home at the same time yes seriously because most of the time when we see people um astral project they're either bumped out of their bodies yeah or they're asleep like they showed um dr strange did it while he was asleep his astral self was studying magic right um so she's got to be pretty either either completely crazy because she's had this like psychic break or she's just that powerful right yeah i thought about that too i thought holy crap like she's she's making this look way too easy Mm -hmm. um okay uh (laughs) so those are my last you know I really, it would have been nice to maybe get Doctor Strange in the Stinger, just because, but you know, they 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 chose not to do that. So it, it really does feel to me like this is as as enjoyable as the series was. I think it's also a a learning moment for for storytellers and showrunners out there. I hope after you know Game of Thrones and and uh, I just think. The audiences are are so much more in uh, knowledgeable of storytelling and you know sort of tropes, and it's it's like sometimes it feels like the audience comes up with I don't want to say better stories, but maybe bigger stories mm-hmm. than what you know the 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 showrunners are really intending to do because I do think like, you're right. I do think they, they, they told the story that they set out to tell. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's the big difference between them and, and the games of throne folks, because in games of throne, they've talked about how they purposely tried to do stuff to avoid doing what the fans had predicted. That's a great and, point. And therefore kind of messed up their story. I think I, I want Marvel to keep doing what they're doing. Um, you know, maybe pull back on the Paul Bettany type reveals that are being <laughs> cheeky and and taking advantage of our innocence. But um, but I'm I would not. I don't think that the finale ruins or diminishes the amount of fun we've had in these last few weeks mm-hmm. trying to come up with what's going to happen in Wandavision. And yeah, we've told stories that are. I mean, I feel like. It's no different than watching Nando talk about how it would be more uh, satisfying to have um, Nebula run the gauntlet instead of Captain Marvel. Right. Like oh. I, it's that little moment. Of, I still that to me that's canon. Um, oh <laughs> God! Thank God for head canon. Yeah, but I mean, I I I, I don't want to stop having these conversations where we try to predict, and I'm perfectly fine with being wrong by the end of the series. Right. But right. to me, I like being able to have those comic book store conversations with people is part of the uh, an added level of fun to this franchise. Uh, what's funny to me is I'm going to remember this while watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And when someone goes, you know, oh, who's that setting up? I'm going to be like, it's no one. It's no one. It's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> this is just I'm the one. sitting there going, come on, Ray, you play. <laughs> like, no, that's, that's, probably no, that's probably nothing. It's like everything is like Occam's Razor. It's probably nothing. <laughs> Oh man, this has been this has been so much fun though. You're right. This is such a cool ride. 
Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't give this up. So, are any any final thoughts? Uh, no. I mean, whew, to other than good job. Can't wait to see what's coming next. Um, yeah, I'm just so happy. I'm just, I just feel even even with all my nitpicks and you know complaints, I feel so spoiled as a comic book fan to be getting these these awesome movies and and TV shows now. So, uh, thanks to everyone for listening and engaging with us and you know asking questions and offering their theories as well it's, it's been so much fun um yeah and we get to we get to do it all over again with falcon and winter soldier exactly exactly so yeah i want to give a shout out to one of those individuals uh, many of you um are deserving of a shout out but i i want to i want to highlight lyle mccarns because uh we had a nice long discussion on slack on uh, Friday afterwards. I mean, I think pretty, pretty early on in the day, we started back and forthing. And uh, one of the final things he said in our back and forth was as someone who loves these stories, but doesn't have the comics depth that you do, meaning you and I, uh, I like hearing you love them. And then using that as a guidepost on what to look into reading. Mm. So awesome, dude. Like anytime you want recommendations, let us know. Cause we, we love doing this. And so um, yeah. thank you for, thank you for listening to our ravings <laughs> and yes. our weird theories. I will echo that shout out. Um, any, any personal shout outs for you? Nope. I'm going to echo that one. Okay, cool. Um, also remember, ladies and gentlemen, we are now 11 episodes away from episode 200. So Let's let's hear what you want to see us do on episode two hundred. We don't we don't have too much more time to get this organized. So if you want to say anything specific, let us know. Uh, next week, the plan is it's not in stone, but the plan is we're going to have a couple of people from the network join us as we talk about what is going to happen moving forward with the Marvel Universe. What have we learned from WandaVision? Get some of their takes on the series and and look a little bit into Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So that's what's coming. All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geek2Dude is a proud member of the Geek2Geek network. Check out other Geek2Geek shows such as the Geek2Geek podcast, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, Disney Forever, You Can't Stop, Stop Me Loving K-Pop, The Nerdberg Review, My HGTV Addiction, JRPGs and Me, Dragon Quest FM, and Sometimes Rob, and of course our newest podcast as The Dice Roll. Also check out our Twitch streamers Capsule J and Bamashox. And make sure to join us in Slack or Discord where you can chat with us in real time. People have been doing it all week and we love it. Mm-hmm. You can't cur- you can currently find us at geektitude.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and most other podcasters out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you would like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Ray, where can we find you? You can look for me at Ray Vargas three across most social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, just go to Ray Vargas, the number three, uh, which is also my website. So if you want to check out my artwork besides Instagram, you can go to Ray Vargas three.com. Awesome. And that's it for us this week, ladies and gentlemen, we can't wait to talk to you again next week, but until then, remember this week, keep it geek.